Welcome to Grit, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the GRIT Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu, your real estate operating system, and the host of the show. And excited today to speak with Ryan O'Neill. Today is really the first time I've spent time with Ryan. And so a little bit different than a lot of our episodes. I know most of our guests at some level. So anyway, Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for the invite. Excited to join you. Love the work you guys do. And so honored to join you guys. Yeah, thank you. So for those of you who don't know Ryan, Ryan founded the Minnesota real estate team which is over at Remax Advantage Plus, obviously in Minnesota. I believe he's been the number one team there for 16 plus years and was going to bring a lot of value today. Ryan, you have over 200 agents on your team now, is that right? It's close to, yep. It's close to right around 200. And I've been, been in the industry since 2001. So a little over 20 years in the real estate world. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. So we hosted a conference last week. And one of our speakers, Via, came in from Place, and she shared a stat with me that said, with not with me, but with the whole audience, uh, so over 300 team owners there. And she shared that last year, so in 2000, we did 6 million transactions. We all know 5 million is the average. Last year, in 2021, we did 6.8 million transactions. And this year in 2022, we are currently pacing as of the end of August for 4.8 million transactions. So Ryan, you were here through 2008 where we did 4.2 million transactions. So talk to me, what are you doing today to do things different in this market to make sure you're taking market share and not losing it? Yeah, I mean, I think I always encourage our agents partners, folks we work with to really, you know, focus on what we can control every day, which is obviously our attitude, our effort we're bringing forth daily and how we treat other people. Three very simple, basic things. But what I've found is when agents kind of block out, be aware of the noise, if you will. And by noise, meaning media, market conditions, predictions, all these things that are out there that we can't necessarily control. And I find sometimes when agents get so wrapped around the axle regarding these things, it's taking them away from the core action, the core consistent effort action, the things that they should be doing daily to build their business. You know, I live in Minnesota. Minnesota, we get a foot, two feet of snow in the middle of winter people still buy and sell homes in the middle of winter with interest rates going up significantly with limited inventory. I know that there is a certain level of freak out, if you will, in the real estate and mortgage world about, hey, what's going to happen? But I see the agents that are staying positive, putting forth a, a consistent effort, focusing on their customers, providing value to consumers, 
they continue to do deals, continue to get business. And so, yeah, we are compared to last year, we are down, not significantly, but we are down in transaction count. We're just, we're looking to provide as much value as we can to the consumer, help them through the process and good things happen. And so it's a unique time, I think, because it was so quick how rates went up and just the market changes. And I get it. We're human. It's not as easy as it was the last two years to do deals. Now agents, like the rest of the world, have have to get up and really hammer, go to work and put forth a great effort. Yeah. So we have... 31, 3,200 teams on our platform now. And I'm seeing that most of our teams are up from last year. However, over the last three months, things are definitely slowing, right? Do you see a bigger impact over the last three months? Is that when your business has really slowed down? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely the last few months, seeing more price reductions, seeing a longer market time. Uh, We're seeing broker opens, you know, inviting other agents in to get opinions on the home. We're seeing a lot more open houses. You can just see it, feel it kind of in the marketplace, but I would say it's, it's definitely been the last few months more so. Okay. So we're going back to a normal market where agents have to know how to do open houses, right? They have to know how to to follow up, right? And they have to know how to not get caught up in the news. So You were saying, you know, if people get caught up in the media, it affects their production. Obviously, I agree with that. I think the first thing it hits is their mindset, which they start living in fear. What does that fear do to their production? Yeah, fear can just be a killer in so many ways. Just it causes inaction. It causes overthinking. It causes lack of confidence in being bold and moving forward. And fear is, yeah, it can just be a, a, just a killer in so many different ways. And so I think, you know, for team leaders, brokers, realize that, you know, this is the business we're in. Again, I, you know, doing this now over 20 years, we saw markets where it was a ton of short sales. It was a ton of bank owned property, huge inventory of homes for sale. And we couldn't, nobody was buying anything. So I think it's just, it's all about not getting too swayed by this and really doing your best to be aware, but moving forward in a positive way that is consumer focused. Okay. All right. So you have, well, last year you did 2,200 transactions. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's as a team, not as a brokerage, right? You're a team. Yeah, we are a team. So we're, we're within a great organization called Remax Advantage Plus, which is about 650 agents here in the Twin Cities. So we're, we're a, one of many teams within the company. Okay. So you're one third of those agents. Yeah. yeah. Close. Okay. Okay. Close. Okay. How many different offices do you have? It looks like you're in a bunch of different cities. Yeah. So with the company, with the brokerage, we've got 21 locations across the Twin Cities. I am a big believer uh, still in physical offices. I think it shows the communities that were there to serve them. A lot of our team members love officing in physical locations to get out of the house, whatever the situation might be. So yeah, a lot of different office locations. Yeah. Okay. I think it's also important for for prospecting and things like that, which are now... And this yeah. as well, right? The fish, the fish are no longer jumping in the boat without you having to fish, right? You're right. You're right. <laughs> You're exactly right. So, okay, cool. So let's talk about how you've attracted these agents. And maybe before we do that, 
Are you a traditional team model where you have a 50-50 split or how do you structure things with your agents? Yeah, so I've separated the kind of the commission plan into, into two different options. What we call sort of team or company leads are at more of the, you know, the traditional type of 50-50 split, but then the agents, what I call their personal business, their own sphere, contacts, that type of thing, they're making a higher split, a higher mm-hmm. cut on that, whether it's a 75-25, 80-20, 90-10, whatever that might be. The way that I'm wired, Brian, is as we were starting the team, I always kind of look at it like, you know, from our agent's perspective, what's in it for the agent? You know, why would the agent want to work with me? Why would the agent want to work with our team? And I think as team leaders, brokers, we have to continually stay accountable with the intense competition in our industry where people can work anywhere. They can go to different companies, start their own firm. So for me, it's all about the value proposition and saying, is it meaningfully good for people? Not just like on paper, hey, yeah, this is good. We're great. We're the best, whatever. But meaningfully, is our agent going to do more business, quality of life, improve, you know, all these sorts of things. And so I'm always looking at that. I'm kind of a student of the game and always trying to learn from other teams, brokers, companies, what can we do better? And I think from my standpoint, that's something that we're trying to do daily is provide that value. Great. So let's talk about attracting agents because obviously you've done an amazing job at that. So I know you have a radio, you have two radio shows. Yeah. I'm guessing that actually attracts agents. I know you do events where you do trainings for buyers, for sellers, for investors. So let's talk about these events, your radio show, and then maybe how those might tie into attracting agents or maybe they don't. Yeah. So again, with you know, sort of the way that I'm wired is all about, again, how can we provide something of interest, something of value to the consumer, to buyers, sellers, investors. So we started doing this radio show. Again, it's been 17, 18 years. It's very low sales pitch. It's informative. It's fun. We bring on a lot of different types of guests and it's meant to provide people nuggets of information that can help them make good informed decisions buying and selling. So that's uh, mostly for home buyers and home sellers. Is home that buyers, right? home sellers. I would say we've over the years, you know, we've got a lot of fellow agents, brokers that tune into the show. We're very broker agnostic friendly. You know, we don't yeah. go on and say, "Hey, we're the best and these guys are no good." I mean, I would say from a team building or recruiting standpoint, one of my biggest tips, I would say, is focus on who's with you now. The natural thing that recruiters do, brokers, is we're always looking for more, 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 more. And then you churn through a ton of different people that are with you three months, six months, a year. Then they go leave for wherever. For me, my biggest goal is retention. It's treating our existing people well And I find when you do that, good things happen, just like a real estate agent business. They refer you to friends, family, neighbors, other agents at other companies. I am not a hardcore recruiter. I don't proactively call other people's agents. I don't have a recruiter. I am the recruiter, essentially. But I think sometimes teams, the goal is to keep adding more, 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 more. And more is not better, With, in my opinion, with real estate teams. Adding more agents is not necessarily better. It's kind of knowing what you're good at 
you know, what knowing your own vocation, your own skill set, and then developing your real estate business based upon that. Okay. So in this market, and I, I know a lot of coaches out there that their number one thing today is you have to bring more bodies into your business to keep growing in this market. Sure. It's also it's also a great opportunity, I think, for teams versus traditional brokerages as agents are needing that value that the team provides in today's market. So I think I think there's an opportunity there. As you guys recruit, are you recruiting? And I know you said you're not actively doing this, but somehow you're attracting agents, having yeah. 200 agents on your team. And I get it's been 20 years. Well, how long ago did you actually start the team? So I started the team in about 2005. And so okay. I actively sold from 2000, you know, early 2000 to probably 2012. So I'm actively working with buyers, sellers, investors, eventually kind of pivoted, went full-time sort of as the broker, managing the agents, developing the agents from that time, essentially. Okay. So today... Are you working in the business or are you working on the business? Let's talk uh, both. Yeah, good question. I would say one reason I think maybe for our growth or attraction of agents over the years is I'm pretty hands-on. My mom's 85. I'm the youngest of six. She was a longtime school teacher, very detailed, very organized, and she's on it. With our team, I'm in the business by email, phone, text, meeting people, taking phone calls, probably too much so at times. I've got a couple brothers who are good business people and maybe a little bit better in the kind of the overall structure of delegating more so. Certainly we have staff that helps us with a variety of things, but I think the human connection, I think the tendency is for a lot of teams and brokers to isolate themselves so much that the agents can't get help on questions. They can't get a phone call returned. They can't with us, people are like, oh my gosh, Ryan, you actually called me back. Or you've got people that will help with questions or training development. That's an important element to what we do. And it's a big part of, I think, attracting agents, but most importantly, retaining them. Right. Okay. So you, you mentioned your brothers. Are they working in the business with you? Are they part of your business? No, not at all. No, nope, okay. not at all. I have, They're in yeah. other industries? Other industries. Totally other industries, actually. Yep. Okay. Okay. Great. So anyone in your family, what brought you into real estate? Yeah, I started as a sort of kind of a small real estate investor. So I was buying a duplex here in the Twin Cities, was not an agent at the time, was interested in investment property. This was the early 2000s when you could buy investment property with zero down, little money down. So I ended up buying a couple rental properties, got my license, realized there was a big opportunity as far as other people looking to learn how to invest in real estate. And sort of my angle, if you will, is that I help people not only find the property, but I actually help them rent it as well. So a lot of the clients I worked with early on would buy one, two, five, 10, 20 properties with me or our team slowly over time. And so that's kind of what got me in initially. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Okay, that's great. So out of college, did you just come straight into real estate investing in real estate or did you do something else? Yeah, you know what? My brother, Tim, my next oldest brother, Tim and I are actually lifelong musicians. We both uh, play the piano. Oh, yes. Uh, I read that. Yeah. So we, and Tim still runs that business. It's called the O'Neill Brothers, kind of playing, singing on the two pianos. We recorded a number of different CDs that we would sell, 
kind of in Minnesota, around the country. It's a kind of an interesting business, the music business, but really I'm still involved in some capacity, just different little shows and concerts we do. But Tim kind of runs that. And so much of that business now is, you know, it's Spotify, it's iTunes, it's it's streaming. So it's an interesting business. So the O'Neill brothers, you guys are still playing, you're still going on tour. What does that mean today to go on tour? Like what kind of venues are you guys playing in? Yeah. So like this Christmas season, for example, we're doing a few shows here in the Twin Cities. We recently started a foundation. It's called the O'Neill Foundation of Hope. We are generating, obviously performing, bringing on some other musicians along with us, raising money for this foundation. But we used to, kind of short backstories, we used to sell our music through all the JCPenney stores around the country. So for example, I know you're, you're in Utah. So we were in the five or six JCPenney stores in Utah. We sold our music with these player pianos that played our music. Um, mm-hmm. So we would travel around the country. And so it's, it's a whole kind of another story, but the music industry is a, it's a great, I mean, it's a, it's a great spot. I think there's, you know, I think there's so many really good agents, brokers, and uh, managers in the real estate world that come from that kind of art background. I think on a human level, maybe perhaps some higher emotional intelligence, kind of that human connection. So in many respects, it's been helpful with that music background. Yeah, that sounds fun. Super fun. I love that you're still involved there, still doing that. So no, very cool. I appreciate that. Thank you. So let's come back to the industry today. Like, what are the most important things that an agent, well, now we're, now we're talking to agents, right? Sure. What are the most important things that an agent needs to be doing in today's market in order for them to continue selling a good number of homes? Yeah, I think an agent has to have confidence, has to be proactive in your daily actions, efforts, focus on, I'm a big believer in building relationships, meet people in person, get involved in life. You know, a simple business plan is say, look, in 2022 or in 2023, I'm going to meet 50 new people and build a relationship with those people. Get to know them, take an interest in them, find out uh, about their families. How can I help them? How can I be of value to them? Through those efforts, deals happen, referrals happen. People want to work with those they like and they trust. I think in today's world, it's so easy to get lost behind everything else that's happening from a kind of a social media standpoint. I mean, obviously, I I love social media. I think there's a ton of value. People do a lot of deals from it. But I think sometimes we forget the human contact part of this business, especially newer agents into the business. They forget this. And so I think kind of going back to the grassroots of meeting in person, using the telephone, reaching out, prospecting daily, and just realizing that this is a job. It requires effort. It requires thought. It requires business planning, networking with other agents who are doing well at your office, learning from them. I think the agent that is open to learning, that's curious, that's taking proactive effort and not afraid to fail, those are all aspects that more than ever, I mean, agents are really, uh, in my opinion, need to do to continue to be successful because the last couple of years has been somewhat easier for us as agents. Deals were all over the place. Now with the numbers you referenced, lower transaction count, 
less deals, you've got to go after it. But again, you've got to think of it from the consumer's perspective. Why would the customer hire you? You need to provide value. You need to be memorable. You need to have reviews, et cetera, all those types of things. So how do you take this information you just shared and pass that along and hold your agents accountable to actually take those actions and do that? Yeah. One thing as a team leader, broker, manager, you know, if you're watching, you can't want it more than your agent. Again, I, from doing this a long time, I try to manage more. I try to micromanage. I try certain things. People are who they are. And within a certain reason, you can get performance kind of out of the agent. However, at the end of the day, there has to be a strong enough why that gets the agent out of bed. What is it? Are they competitive? Do they want to make a lot of money? Do they have kids at home? You know, what is their why that gets them out of bed? Without that strong enough why, I just find that the the agent doesn't make it. And I've met so many talented, you know, very good looking guys and gals, people that you think they speak well, they communicate well, wow, they're going to do awesome coming into real estate. They don't have a strong enough fire that gets them out of bed in the morning. And the independence of this job kills any career in real estate. And so I think I try my best to lead and inspire. And I think instead of the, what's kind of the adage, instead of like the stick approach, I use more of the carrot. Like for Mm -hmm. example, we do a top producer trip. If an agent sells a certain volume, I pay for a trip for them and their spouse to go to Mexico. Last year, we had like 60, 30 couples who went down to Mexico. It's expensive. It was a ton of fun though. People love it. They look forward to it. They're motivated by it. And so I think with your team, with your brokerage, maybe look at your style and say, what kind of agent are you wanting to attract? For me, I don't know. I see a lot of teams try to micromanage and those of agents eventually, there's some that love it, but most I find eventually leave. Yeah, I think I agree with what you're saying. The, the most important thing as a leader, I think you can do is first understand their why, right? Yeah. And then work with them to set their goals. And when you're holding them accountable, hold them accountable to their goals. You're helping them achieve what they want, not what you want, right? You're right. You're right. Yeah. You said it concisely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, great. Well, I want to dive into some personal questions to learn more about you, but sure. before we do that, any last words of advice that you would leave for any team leaders out there? Yeah. So what, what is the most important thing today they should be doing? Yeah. I, I think wherever you might be at, you may be an individual agent watching this. You may be a team leader with a couple agents. You may have a large team, a large brokerage. What I would say is bigger is not better. Know yourself, know what you enjoy doing, know what you're good at and what you're not good at. I've seen many agents always feel like there's a next level. Okay, I'm a great agent. I sell 50 homes a year. Now I got to do a real estate team because that's the next level. And they get into it and they find they don't enjoy the work. They're not good at that type of work. They can't recruit and retain agents. Again, recruiting and retention are two different, totally different things than selling real estate. Yeah, it's a a totally different job, right? Yeah, yeah. totally different. And and so that's where I just think 
know your place and, and kind of know your vocation, if you will. In other words, if you're a great agent, you're doing well, you don't need a team. You don't need to add 10 people, 20 people. You don't need to be a 200 agent team. Just because we have 200 agents doesn't mean the business is better than what you are doing as you listen to this. You have to have somebody in your life that can be honest with you though, and just say, look, being a team leader is not what's right for you. And I think more than anything, be okay with that and be the best version of yourself that you can be. And that's okay. Whatever that means for me, I like working with people. I've got some of the things that I think a team leader or broker helps that helps to grow a team, manage a team, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I I think in this market, don't be swayed by the negative news, stay positive, stay hopeful, stay focused. Again, I've seen all types of markets the solid agents, the hardworking agents, positive agents are going to continue to do well in this business, regardless of what comes our way. Yeah. It's interesting you say that about building a team, because it does seem like most agents, they have their number, right? Whether it be 30, 50, or 100. When they hit that, they're like, okay, my next thing is to build a team. That's actually kind of what drove Sisu to start, because if you're a great real estate salesperson, it doesn't make you a great leader. So we can, we really founded Sisu to help create and turn these salespeople into great leaders, right? By putting their systems in place for them. So, right, right. Uh, but, cool. but it's interesting advice. So let's talk for a minute about just like your favorite book, favorite source of learning, podcast, whatever that is for you. Yeah, it's funny you say books. My wife loves giving me a bad time because I am not a huge reader. I should be. I should be a more of a reader. I would say that, again, growing up in, uh, you know, sort of an Irish Catholic family, I went to Notre Dame. And so I've got some kind of friends in the friends and kind of the spiritual world, if you will, that for me, I, you know, I am a spirituality faith, very important to me, something daily, weekly, you know, kind of drives me, drives my purpose. But uh, reading wise, I should be reading more. It's funny. My wife hammers me on that. She's like, you need to read more, read more books. So forget about reading. What, uh, like, how do you grow? What do you do to grow? Yeah, I think in order to grow, I'm always open for feedback. You know, when, when agents have left the team or they've gone somewhere else, I always, a couple, couple things. I always take the high road, wish people well. The natural thing is you're competitive. Oh, they left my team. Now they're going somewhere else. What I found is when you are happy for people, when you wish people well, it comes back to you many times over. They may leave your team and come back. They may go and start another team. They may refer to you other agents. Be happy for people. I mean, I I think for me, what I try to do though from learning and growing is just with people being open to feedback, like in a case of them leaving, hey, do you have some feedback? What could I have done better? Is there something that I, I, I think most of the learning that I do, I guess, is just very real life, human experience, conversations, and just being okay to fail. You know, we all are human. We all have mistakes, make mistakes, and just being okay to just learn from it and dust yourself off. It's a new day and move forward to try to do better. Yeah, great. Okay, what's your favorite place? You guys are in Minnesota, you're in the cold. Favorite place, you know what I love going to, we've got a little family condo down in Naples, Florida. Thankfully, the condo is still intact. Unfortunately, 
so many of our neighbors, uh, so much damage uh, down there. It's just a really sad, sad situation. But we love the sun. We love that part of the world. And so love going down to Southwest Florida. Okay, great. I'm glad your condo didn't get hit with this storm. That was definitely a big, big one that caused a tremendous amount of damage. Very sad. We have a lot of friends that actually have places down there that got damaged. So what is it you like to do in your personal time? Personal time, again, between uh, working the job. So my wife, Kathy and I, we have a little dog. We are kidless, no kids, but we do have a little dog. Like spending a lot of time with the dog, like playing the piano, playing and singing. But probably to a fault, I have really been a student of the real estate world. And so a lot of time in the business, but I do enjoy it. For me, it's the human side of it. But yeah, that's not a ton of other outside hobbies though. Yeah. Okay. How do people best get a hold of you if they want to? Yeah. Again, anybody watching, if you have questions about teams, brokerages, you're struggling, you're looking to grow, develop, certainly don't hesitate to reach out. Our website is mnrealestateteam.com, mnrealestateteam.com, or you can just Google the Minnesota Real Estate Team. Reach out to me. Happy to help by phone, Zoom, again, however I can provide value to anybody watching. I'm happy to do that. Okay, everybody. Well, Ryan, thank you for joining us today. Everybody, Ryan O'Neill from the Minnesota Real Estate Team at the REMAX Advantage Plus Brokerage. Thanks for joining us today, Ryan. Great having you on the show. Ryan, thanks for joining. And one last a plug for Brian and his company. Awesome firm, very well respected, very well known. He's doing a lot of great work in the industry. So thank you. Thank you, Brian, for all you're doing for the real estate industry. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Have a great day. We'll see you guys. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.